Welcome to the Life Church. We are so excited that you've tuned into our program to listen to a wonderful message. On behalf of Pastor Walt Landers, our senior pastor, we just want to say thank you. Our mission here at the Life Church is to connect people with God's purpose. If you don't already have a church home, we want to invite you to join us at 3301 TLC Way. Now let's prepare our hearts to receive a word from God through this morning's message. Well, I'm excited to be with you this morning. You know, last week, Pastor Walt talked about the power of hope. If you didn't get, uh, if you weren't here for that, I would encourage you to go online to uh, the website or Facebook and look at that message, listen to it, the power of hope. He talked about having a positive mental image. It matters what you see. And he, he coined a phrase, positive mental image, mental image. What was the word that he came up with? Mimage. Mentally, I love that. It's going to be in the dictionary one of these days. So as he was preaching, uh, I'm getting the message for this week, last week. I'm writing that in my notes, and that's how God works that way sometimes. And so last week he talked about the power of hope. This week we're going to talk about the power of words, the power of words. It matters what you say. So if you brought a Bible this morning, took, turn to the book of um, Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, and we're going to look at verse 23. I'm kind of old school. I have one that doesn't have batteries in it, no electricity. It's just, uh, it works all the time. In Mark chapter 11, verse uh, 23, actually in verse 22, uh, Jesus answered his disciples, said, have the faith, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. And so let me set the story up here. You know, they had been traveling and Jesus was hungry and he came by this fig tree and didn't have any fruit on it. So what did he do to the fig tree? He spoke to it and cursed it. And so it, uh, it died from the top down, right? No, it dried up from the roots up. And the next day they came by there and his disciples were marveling at how quickly the tree had died because Jesus spoke to it. And so that's when he said, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Verse 23, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So now I'm reading now the King James old version. And in mine, it emphasizes the word say three times. Emphasizes the word believe once. So I'm not always missing it in the believing part. Where I'm missing it is with my mouth and in the saying part. It's important that I say what God says, right? It's important that you say what God says, that you line up with his word. And so we're going to look at this today, the power of words. It matters what you say. Now, I don't know if you know who Charles Caps was. He died um, a few years ago, passed on. But uh, Charles Capps and Happy Caldwell uh, used to go fishing together. And so I had the, the privilege, the honor of sitting in one of Happy Caldwell's meetings one time, and I heard him tell this fishing story. And I thought, this is an incredible fishing story. It seems incredulous. But then I happened to be in a meeting that Charles Capps was talking, and he told the same story from his perspective. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it must be true. So they were out there fishing in the fishing boat, they got the lines out there, Charles Capps and uh, Happy Caldwell. Hopefully I remember all the details, but they're fishing, and all of a sudden, Happy Caldwell catches the big fish, and he's reeling that thing, and getting, you know, the, 
the thing, the rod's bending, you know, and he's getting it up close to the boat, almost got it there, and all of a sudden, boom, the line snaps, and the fish takes off. He goes, oh, my gosh. He says, that was my most famous lure, my most favorite lure. It was incredible. The best lure. He loved that lure. The fish got it. So uh, Charles Capps looks at him and goes, well, if you're any kind of man of faith, man of God, you'd stand up and command that fish to jump in a boat and spit out that lure. He said, well... I'm a man of faith. So he stood up and commanded that fish to come back to the boat, jump in the boat, and spit the lure out. So they went back to fishing. A couple minutes later, the fish came back, jumped in the boat, spit the lure out. That's an incredible story. That's never happened to me. But you can have what you say. It matters what you say. Our mouth is either working for us or it's working against us. Right? It's either producing life, creating life, or good things, or it's producing bad things and death. You know, God creates with his words. God creates with his words. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, Genesis 1, 3, and God said, let there be light. Why? Because there wasn't any light. If you go back and read verse 1 and verse 2, it says that there was darkness and the the earth was void, and there was, you know, a lot of negative stuff going on. There's a whole other story in there. But in verse 3, God notices there wasn't any light, so he says, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. We have light. And if you read the rest of it, there's multiple times, I think there's nine times in there where it specifically said that this way, and God said. And when he spoke, the fish came into being. When he spoke, the trees and all that stuff came into being. Everything that he spoke came into being. And he looked at it and said, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, Hebrews 11, verse 3, if you're taking notes, it says, the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed by the word of God. They were built. They were created. Everything that we see, everything that we know that exists was created by God speaking. And there wasn't anything, the Bible says there isn't anything that is but what he created it. That's pretty cool. Now, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 17. And I can hear those digital pages turning. Romans, chapter 4, verse 17. It says this, and and Pastor Walt used this scripture last week, really cool scripture. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, quickeneth the dead. God causes dead people to come back to life, dead things to come back to life. And God calls those things which be not as though they were. God calls things that be not, that are not, as though they are. Now, this is an amazing little book. If you don't have one, I encourage you to get one. It's written by Charles Capps. It's called The Tongue, A Creative Force. The Tongue, A Creative Force. And in here, um, you know, he spent a lot of time talking to God, God talking to him, as it should be. And this is what, he was talking to God uh, one day about this, and, and God said this to him, so he wrote it in. He said, I have told my people, this is what God spoke to Charles Capps, I have told my people they can have what they say. They can have what they say, but my people are saying what they have. That's pretty cool. I'll read that again. 
I have told my people they can have what they say, but my people are saying what they have. In the book of Joel, chapter 3, verse 10, Joel 3.10, it says, Let the weak say what? It says, let the weak say I'm strong. But so many times we say when we're weak, Oh, man, I'm so weak. I just feel terrible. Right? We do that. We all do that. But God says, you can have what you say. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. If you believe in your heart and you don't doubt it, you can have whatsoever you say. I didn't make that up. That's what God said. So the question is, what do we have? What does our world look like? The world that we live in, the world that you live in. Because the world that we live in, many times, oftentimes, is created by the words that we release out of our mouth. It's kind of scary thought. But God calls those things that be not as though they were. So words are a creative force, wouldn't you agree? But why are they a creative force? The answer is in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 63. John 6, verse 63. Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and he said, The words that I speak, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Well, that's because that was Jesus. Well, was he walking the earth as God, or was he walking the earth as man? He was 100% God, but he laid all that aside, and and he's also 100% man. It's pretty cool. I don't know how he did that, but he did it. And he said, the words that I'm speaking to you, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, they have force. They have energy. They have power. So here's the reality. Faith-filled words create reality. Faith-filled words create reality. When God said, let there be light, he didn't go, man, I sure hope this happens. I don't know if it's going to work out this time. Everything that God says. In the book of Isaiah, it says about God, he said this, the words that proceed out of my mouth shall go forth, they shall accomplish what I please, and they shall not return unto me void. In other words, they're going to go out, they're going to go forth, and they will accomplish what I send them out to do. So if he says, let there be light, there's going to be light. Why is that? Because he actually believes it's going to happen. Many times we say things flippantly. We don't really believe it's going to happen. But we're going to see a principle here in the Word of God in just a second. And you're going to see why so many times the world that we have created around ourselves is the way it is. Or why it's that way. But the Bible has taught us in the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 23, that you can have what you say. Well, that's, that's kind of far out there. I don't know if I believe that. Well, it's in the Word of God. That's your choice whether you want to believe it or not. But the Bible also says those that come to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those that, of those that diligently seek Him. Amen. I can't make you believe. That's your choice, right? Study the Word out. I'd encourage you to read the Word for yourself and see what it says in there. You can have what you say. Because here's the deal. In the the book of Galatians, chapter 5, I think it's verse 1 and 2, it says that we are supposed to imitate God like dear children. God fully expects you to act like him, talk like him, walk like him, think like him. Doesn't he? Well, he does. He does. I mean, 
Those of us that have kids, you know, and we have relatives and stuff, when your kids are little like Ellie's four, you know, so many times they begin to imitate parents. And they go, oh, they're so cute. Look at their, you know, they're talking, they're acting like them. We think it's so cute. I wonder if God's up there going, oh, look, and they're acting just like me now. Y'all got quiet. They're talking just like me now. The devil hates that, but God loves it. He wants you to talk like him and act like him. Faith-filled words create reality. So we're in the book of Romans. Turn over to uh, chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, and I want to show you a principle in the Word of God. Romans chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 13. It says this, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? So if you look in verse 14, there is a principle embedded in there, and we're going to take it and reverse the order. And if you're taking notes, write this down. You can write down the word hear, and then a little arrow, the word believe, and then a little arrow, and the word say, because that's what's in there. Whatever you hear, it doesn't matter if it's the truth or if it's a lie. Whatever you hear, if you hear it long enough, what happens? You begin to believe it. And when you believe something strong enough, the Bible says in the book of Matthew that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you hear something long enough, you begin to believe it. When you believe it strong enough, you'll just automatically say it without thinking about it. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When you look at your textbook, and it's just like, doesn't look like there's much in there. Right? But here's the deal. How does that hearing come? Well, verse 17, it says, so faith comes by hearing. That word faith means believing. Believing comes by hearing. What are you listening to? Are you listening to that self-talk in the morning when you're facing the mirror and you're brushing your teeth or shaving or combing your hair and listening to that self-talk? Well, I don't know how you're going to do it today. You feel pretty bad. But you look pretty bad, too. Don't know if I'm going to get that promotion or not. A little overweight. That self-talk, right? What are you listening to? Or is the devil sitting on your shoulder going, you're such a failure. Your father was a failure. Your mother was a failure. You're going to be a failure too. Right? What are we listening to? Well, the Bible encourages us in verse 17. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to be listening to the word of God. That means I need to pick it up. And I found it often uh, helpful to just read it out loud because it does two things. Number one, uh, I'm speaking it and releasing it, and I'm also hearing it. So it's like the cyclical effect. If you just read it without opening your mouth, it's good. But if I read, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and when the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Just release those words out. They're reverberating throughout eternity all the more. And the more I hear it, the more I believe it. The more I believe it, all of a sudden I begin to say it, right? 
And if you look in that, uh, those two verses, that principle's in there again. There's hearing going on, there's believing going on, and there's saying going on. And that's a principle that's not going to go away in the Word of God. It's there forever. And we can use it to our benefit, right? Faith comes by hearing. What are we listening to? I know years ago there was a, uh, a Christian individual. <laughs> so you could trust him, right? Um, Anyway, they began sending out this propaganda through email and Facebook posts and social media and stuff. There was a particular coin that the government had minted. It was a new coin. I don't remember what, which one it was exactly, but, um, you know, it was a new coin. And, and, and this Christian individual is saying to all the Christian community, don't support this coin. If you get it, throw it in the trash. Because on the front and the back, it does not say, in God we trust. So I'm like, get a life, man. And I thought, okay, I mean, if that's all you, or I'm not going to go there. All right, so anyway, I got on usmint.gov, and I looked up this coin. And sure enough, on the front and the back, it did not say, in God we trust, but it had a really neat feature. You could hover your, your cursor, your mouse over it, and it would spin 3D. And around the rim, the edge of the coin, it said all over it, in God we trust, in God we trust, in God we trust. So, I put together an email. <laughs> and I was polite, I was kind, but I sent it out and said, hey, you probably, before you start spewing out this propaganda, maybe you should check your facts and stuff. But the point was that this individual had already put this out on social media and got a bunch of people in an uproar. And this is just an illustration, but what were they listening to? And they listened to it long enough to where they began to believe it to, to the point that they were actually just saying it. And I heard it at work. I heard it different places. Don't, don't support the government. Don't, don't get that coin. I'm like, get over yourself, man. It's just a coin. That's just an illustration. But what are you listening to? You listening to the truth or are you listening to a lie? The bottom line is this. We can have what we say. So let's look at some examples from the Word of God in the Old Testament from uh, the book of Numbers, chapter 13 and verse, or 13 and 14. Numbers 13 and 14. I hear the gears turning. People are thinking, what have I been listening to? In uh, Numbers chapter 13, uh, God sent or spoke to Moses to send out the, the spies to go investigate the land. Because he, God had already told him, I give you this land. This is a land flowing with milk and honey. This is the promised land, and I give it to you. Now go out and investigate it. Why? So you can figure out how to go in there and take it. Because if God's told me that he's given it to me, then I can trust, bless you, I can trust that he's going to be with me when I go in there to take it. Because just because God's given you something doesn't mean you automatically have it. A lot of times you have to receive it, Right? Does that make sense? It's very simplistic, but you have to take it. It says, by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. That's past tense, right? Is everybody in here healed? Well, some of us have different ailments and things like that. But in the mind of God, were we healed? Yes. You have to receive your healing. You have to take your healing. That's a whole other message. But he'd given them this land, and they went in and they spied out the land. They investigated, and after 40 days, they came back. Verse 26, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron, to all the congregation of the children of Israel. 
And they brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. In other words, it's just like he said. And they told Moses and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest, and surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Verse 28. Nevertheless. Oh, you know they're going to be in trouble now, right? However, God said... He gave it to us. God said it's flowing with milk and honey. God said it's the promised land. However, how many times have we done that? Yes, God, I know your word says that by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. However, I don't feel that way right now. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is an action. Feelings come and go. The devil will feel you to death, right? Make you feel this way, make you feel that way. We don't or should not be led about or live our lives by our feelings. I think that's a lot of times where we get in trouble. It says we're supposed to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. That means I got to walk that way, I got to talk that way, and it's not based upon how I feel. Getting back to the healing thing, you know, this is kind of a rabbit trail. Um, I have this toenail on my right foot. Most of us do. But this one particular toenail... Went walking on me. I thought, what the heck? About a year ago, it just kind of bent up like this and separated and, you know, seen toenails like that. You've probably seen pictures of it. Hopefully you don't have any like that. The kind that you can climb trees with, you know. Well, this one was acting up like that. I thought, what in the world? And I just kept looking at it, kept looking at it. And one day I thought, you know what? You should talk to that toe. We should have some talk. So I looked at it. I said, listen to me. I'm talking to you. Yeah, you, right there. I'm talking to you, toe. You hear me? I command you in the name of Jesus, be completely restored. Be healed. Be normal in Jesus' name. And every time I saw that toe, oh, I see you. You know, you take your socks off. Wake up in the morning. Every time I saw that toe, we had talks. And then one day, I looked down there and I thought, oh my gosh. I was surprised. Oh my gosh. It really works. You can speak to things. That toenail grew back out. Normal. Side thought. Let's get back to the Israelites. They said, yeah, it flows with milk and honey, and here's the fruit, here's the proof. Nevertheless, however, there's giants in the land, you know, we're like grasshoppers. Verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people, shh, before Moses, and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him, with Caleb, said, we're not able to go up against the people. So they had a contrary word. Caleb's words were in alignment with what God said. The other ten spies' words were contrary to what God said. They didn't line up at all. And that's a huge problem. Because we're going to see here in just a minute that those ten spies and those people that listened to them got exactly what they said. And what they said was, would to God that we had been left in, in uh, Egypt. Would to God, you know, are you going to bring us out here to die? You're going to kill us out here? But Caleb said something different. He got exactly what he said. I'm well able. Caleb and Joshua were the only ones out of that group that lived that, through that 40 years and went into to the promised land. And when they did, Caleb was like 80 years old, and he goes, I like that mountain right there. 
I'm going to take it. He got what he said. But here's what I want to point out to you in verse 32. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched out. They brought up an evil report. And this is what God says about that evil report. It's a Hebrew word, and you can look it up in your concordance. It's 1681. It means to whisper, to defame, to slander. Yeah, God said, he's going to give it to us, but I don't think we can take it. God said he's going to prosper me, but I just don't see how it's going to happen. God said he's already healed me, but I just don't see it happening. How many times have we done that? God said, but this is what I see, this is what I feel. But we've all done that, right? That's a bad place to be. It takes faith to step over in that area, that realm, where you're saying what God says, regardless of what you see, regardless of what you hear, regardless of what you feel, you are filling your heart with the Word of God. You're listening to it. Now, I live um, part-time in Midland, Texas. Some of you may know that. Um, We have a school there, TLCA Midland. And so I have a man cave. That's what I call it. It's about 260 square feet. It's one room. And um, it's very quiet. There's no Wi-Fi or nothing there. So when I go there in the evening, it's really quiet. No crickets, nothing. And so I thought, I've got to do something. So I pulled out my phone, and I put on um, some teaching tapes from some ministers that I like, and I turn it on, and it plays all night long. I'm making sure that I'm listening to something. Instead of listening to my brain, think, uh, how are you going to fix that problem tomorrow? How are you going to deal with that individual? How thinking about all the negative stuff, right? And so I'm making sure that I'm feeding my spirit, my heart with the Word of God. Because the, the book of Proverbs says this in 1821, Proverbs 1821, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so these, these Israelites spoke and got what they spoke. In verse 27 of uh, chapter 14, God said, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, he's telling Moses, tell them this, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, that's what you're going to get. And he said, your carcasses will fall in the wilderness. They got exactly what they said. There was a man that used to be a member of this church years ago, and uh, most of you weren't here at that time. And um, I went to his funeral, uh, and he'd had a heart attack while he was fishing, and took him a couple days to find where he was at and stuff. But anyway, they had the funeral, and during the funeral, and after the funeral, all the family members and relatives, I heard this story going around, and I thought, oh my gosh. They all said the same thing. They weren't saying it negatively. They were just saying, you know, he always told all of us he would never live past his 50th birthday. He turned 50, went fishing, and died. Because that's what he said year after year after year after year. What are you saying? What are you speaking over your children? What are you speaking over your boss? What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over your spouse? I made a point years ago, I don't know how I came upon this, uh, this thought, it must have been the Holy Ghost, but I made a point that I was never, ever going to speak anything negative over my wife. Now, I may think that, 
but a wise man will keep his mouth shut. I don't speak those negative things over. You know, so many times people get married and they move on in their life and they go, man, you put on a little weight. You're starting to look like a heifer. We laugh at that, but there are people that do that. The husband says it to the wife. The wife says it to the husband. They begin speaking out things, and guess what? They get exactly what they say. I made a point to say whether I saw it, heard it, or whatever, the things that I wanted. My wife is beautiful. My wife is not a wimp. My wife is an amazing person. My wife is intelligent. My wife is, right? Well, y'all got quiet. You don't do that? (laughs) Just messing with you, but... I made a point not to speak anything negative over my children. Now, they may have done some really dumb stuff, but I'd, I would just take a breath, push the pause button, pause. Think about how you're going to respond, Daniel. <laughs> but I responded according to what the Word of God would say, okay? Not how I felt or not how I saw the situation, but what would God do in this situation, It's important what we say because what you say matters. You can have literally what you say. You can change your world with your words. If you don't like your world where you're at right now, you can begin to change it. It can look 100% different 365 days from now. If you'll begin to get in the Word of God and say what God says. God says you're the head, you're not the tail, right? God says you're first. You're not last. God says you're blessed coming in, blessed going out. God says you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Well, it seems like I'm sitting here right now. You got to say what God says if you want to change your situation. Quit saying what you have. Say what you want. That seems a little far out there. Well, God's kind of far out there, isn't he? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that principle, what you hear, when you hear it long enough, it doesn't matter if it's a lie or if it's the truth. When you hear it long enough, you will begin to believe it. And when you believe it strong enough, you can't help yourself. Man, it'll just come out of your mouth without you even thinking about it. That's just the way it works. Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance the heart speaks. So the question is, what are we putting into our heart? What are we allowing to get into our heart? In Proverbs 4.23, let's look at that real quick and wrap this up. Proverbs 4.23. Actually, it's going to be 4.20 through 23. My son, attend unto my, what? Words. Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine hearts. For they are life to those that find them, and their health to all their flesh. And in verse 23 it says this, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Guard your heart, what you're listening to. Whether it's self-talk, the devil, or somebody in your mouth. You know, a lot of times we don't realize what's coming out of our mouth. Um... Just a couple of weeks ago, I was walking through the kitchen after uh, dinner, and my wife was washing the dishes, and she goes, quit saying that! I said, saying what? I didn't even realize I had said something. She goes, you're always going, ay, 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 ay. 
I don't know how that translates into English, but you know what I mean. It's that feeling of just being exasperated, you know, just, ay, 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 ay. I didn't realize I, was, I wasn't conscious that I was doing it. And uh, I started listening to myself. And uh, so I was at work, and I was asking the secretaries at work, I said, hey, do I say this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I said, well, I give you permission. If you ever hear me say it again, stop me and correct me. And I would find myself about mid-stride walking down the hall going, I, uh, whoa. The Lord is the strength of my life. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. It'd probably be interesting and very enlightening if we had a little recorder and it was attached to us for about a couple of days to hear what we actually say. That would be scary, yes. We need to guard what our heart, what we're allowing into our heart. We need to say what God says. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 119, verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. He said, I have hidden your word in my heart. I've hidden your word in my heart. Why? So that I might not sin against you. So that I might not say things that are contrary to your word. If you're looking at your bank account and there's, you know, looks like the Mojave Desert. Don't say what you have, right? Well, that's ridiculous. That's foolish, Pastor. I can't say. No, I mean, a lot of stuff seems crazy. I mean, Jesus being raised from the dead, that's pretty wild, man. Lazarus being raised from the dead. If you look at that checkbook and there's nothing in there, say, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and his glory through Christ Jesus. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you always take care of me. You always bless me. You always provide for me. I thank you. That's faith. It's not based on how I feel. It's not based on what I see or hear. It's based on what I believe from his word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Start speaking to your life. Start speaking to your body. Start speaking to your finances. Speak to your car. They wear out, you know. I've had to speak to my car a couple of times. Not the recent one, but anyway. We say things contrary to God's word sometimes, and that's when we sin against him. That's what the Israelites did. That being said, let me finish up with this. A couple of years ago, I started something here at this campus uh, during morning, morning assembly at the uh, charter school because we would, we would end morning assembly. We'd do the pledges, you know, the flags and different things like that, and we'd say, I'm a leader. I will instantly obey. We had the leadership creed. But then kids would leave out, and, and I listened to the talk in the hallways and stuff. You know, Kindergarten through sixth grade, they can be cruel, right? You're stupid. You're ugly, too. You're slow. They say stuff like that. And words are containers. If somebody says something negative to you, you may act on the outside like, well, it didn't affect me. Sticks and stones might break my bones, you know. But it does. You know how you feel when they say, well, you're just a loser. Your father was a loser. You're going to be a loser, too. That affects you. You know what that feels like. But also when somebody comes by and says, man, you are such a blessing to our company. You're always here on time, so punctual. I really appreciate you. That makes you feel totally different, right? So I thought, we got to do something for these kids. And so I started this little morning affirmation. Last thing we do, last thing they hear before they walk out of here, I say, repeat after me. We're quick. We're quick.
We're sharp! We're sharp. And we're extremely good looking. Because kids will say, you're slow. No, I'm quick. You're dumb. No, I'm sharp. You're ugly. Nope, I'm extremely good looking. Because the principle's there. Whatever you hear, whether it's a truth or a lie, when you hear it long enough, you begin to believe it. When you believe it strong enough, you begin to say it. And I've heard in the hallways, and I've heard adults say this as they're walking around at different campuses. Something will come up and they'll go, no, we're quick. I just start smiling. Or they'll go, we're extremely good looking. It matters what you're listening to, right? Because there is power in words, and so it matters what you say. What are you saying to yourself? What are you saying what kind of world, world are you producing for yourself? Amen? Did you get anything out of this this morning? Let's stand to our feet. Y'all got quiet on me, so I think that you're thinking. What is it that you're listening to? What is it you're allowing in to, to get into your heart? And what's coming out of your mouth? What are you saying? You know, and it's all right to stop yourself in mid-sentence or to correct other people. I know at the, the elementary campus sometimes they go through these seasons where people get sick, you know. They call them the flu season and stuff like that. And I'm not des- denying that that doesn't exist, but, you know, I'll have staff members come out. Oh, my gosh, everybody's sick today. Oh, whoa, 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 stop. I stop them right there and say, really? What is the percentage? Well, we got, we got 30 kids out. How many's on the campus? 800. Mm, I think there's more people well than there are sick. Let's change the way we're talking. A couple of years ago, we moved back from Bible school, several years ago, and uh, we lived in a little, uh, what did we live in? Duplex, yeah. I said the wrong thing, first service. It's like living in some mansion. It's a duplex. And uh, paid $400 a month rent, and then, you know, when we graduated, we moved back here, and uh, we had put it down on a deposit, and we were expecting to get our deposit. I was at my parents' house, and I was talking to my dad in the kitchen, you know, somehow that came up, and he looked at me because you're not going to get your deposit back. I said, "Yes, I am." I mean, what? I mean, this is my dad. Said, yes, I am. He goes, "No, you're not. They they don't have any reason to get that money back. You're down here in Texas. They're up there in Oklahoma." I said, "They are going to send that check back to me because I serve a big God." He goes, "No, you're not. You're not going to get it." I said, "I'm going to get it. God's watching over me. God takes care of me." He goes, well, you got more faith than I do. I said, that's right. Two days ago, or two days later, that check came in. I was like, hey, Dad. You can have what you say. Because we serve a big God. Hallelujah. I'll just kind of stir it up now. What are you saying? What are you listening to? Stop listening to the negative talk. If you have to, turn on the Word of God, Christian music, something. To start feeding that into your heart so that what comes out of your mouth lines up with what God has already said because that is settled in heaven forever. His Word works, but you've got to open your mouth and speak it out. You can have whatsoever you say. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. If you're here this morning, and uh, I don't know everybody that's in here. Some faces I recognize, some I don't. But if you're in here this morning, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you this offer. And it's a real simple offer. If you were to die today 
Would you make heaven? Would heaven be your home? Would you go to heaven if you died today? And so if you don't know, if you're in here today and you don't know if you would make heaven if you, if you died today, if you left this plant today, and you want to make sure that that's going to happen, it's real easy fix. Just like we sang in these songs, that Jesus has already died on the cross for your sins. He's already paid the penalty for everybody's sins. There's nothing you have to do except receive the free gift of God, which is eternal life. If that's you here today and you'd like to receive Jesus Christ into your heart, I want you to slip up your hand. We want to pray for you. We don't want to embarrass you. If that's you here, you are here today and you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, lift up your hand in the room. I see that hand. See that hand? Several hands. There's another one. Yes, sir. See that one over there? Or if you're here today and you've been a Christian, but you've gotten away from God's family, his house, for whatever reason, you just kind of drifted off and you'd like to get back into a closer relationship with God. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hand. We want to pray for you. Let's see hands. See those hands? Bunch of hands going up. So we're going to pray. I'm going to lend you some words. As Pastor Walt says, I'm going to lend you some words. But here's the deal. I want you to pray these words and mean them from your heart because they're not magical words. But when they're released from your heart, faith-filled words produce and create reality. You pray these words from your heart, God's going to hear you. He's going to show up big time in your heart and in your life. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. And I accept the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's program at The Life Church. Our prayer is that you've been blessed by this morning's message and that God would continue to speak into your heart throughout the week. We are so excited about what God is doing right here at The Life Church as we connect people with God's purpose. Again, if you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us for a visit at 3301 TLC Way. We have two Sunday morning services for you to choose from, 9.15 and 11 a.m. Again, our prayer is that you've been blessed and we hope you have a great week.